Welcome to Strategy Saturday. I'm Charles Crillo, and today we're going to be discussing what is rent control and why does it hurt tenants? Now, rent control is a topic that's getting a lot of media attention and is promoted in certain circles as a solution for affordable housing, which is the exact opposite consequence of rent control. Now, most states have a statewide ban on rent control, but some states do allow it. Now, as I explain, rent control and its consequences, I want to make it clear that we need to have more affordable housing in the U.S., and I'm very much in support of that, but rent control is not the correct path to affordable housing. Now, rent control, it limits the amount the landlord can raise rents on tenants annually, and that's usually denoted as 3% or 5%, which sounds great when you hear it, but it does not work. Now, there's a number of issues with rent control, starting off with if landlords cannot raise rents, they're not going to improve the property. If you can't uh, increase your the rent to cover your other fees that are happening, do you think you're going to reinvest more money into it if you're unable to capture um, that money back? No way. Investors will not invest in an area if their returns are capped, and they will invest in another area, thus reducing new rental units and new inventory in the market with rent control. Now, if I can only earn, for example, a 6% on a developing apartments in a rent control area, but 12% I can earn in a non-rent control area, I'm going to choose the non-rent control area to invest into. So which hurts the rent control area? Because you're not adding new inventory. Now, money flows where it is less restrictive. Now, investors will convert apartments to condos in order to avoid rent control laws, which reduces inventory and raises caps. And that's a very normal thing that happens and happened all through San Francisco. Um, because if I'm, I'm just not going to rent anymore. I have these apartments, and usually when you're converting apartments to condos, first off, the owner is going to get some sort of a benefit. It's usually used to be historically like 30%. So if you had a unit that was $100,000 after you convert it into a condo, the whole building in the condos, you're now getting that value at like $130,000. i am not sure if that holds water anymore, but you're getting an additional benefit by making each apartment a condo, plus you're able to avoid the whole rent control laws. Now, a cap on rent increases while the landlord's other expenses every year are are increasing, you know, insurance, taxes, utilities, management. Um, this disincentivizes the landlord to spend money on their property. Uh, in a normal market, landlords want to keep their tenant as long as possible, and they do that by servicing them. There's something broken, they get someone over there, um, they make sure that the lawn's cut, the landscaping is done, um, they make sure there's no problems, um, everything works in the apartment. In a rent control market, landlords want turnover. Because once they get turnover, they can reset the rate. Now, it incentivizes landlords to be slumlords, right? If you want someone to leave, you just don't do anything. You'll collect rent because they, they're going to pay it because they want to stay in the landlord, the, the apartment. But you're just not going to do anything. And little by little, you're hoping that they leave so you can reset rents, which is not which is not how landlord-tenant uh, relationships should work. Now, converting apartments to Airbnbs has never been easier in today's day and age and it reduces housing inventory. So if I have a prop if I have an if I have a small apartment building, I might just switch them all to Airbnbs. Now I don't have to worry about the rent control in the area without having to invest money into moving them into a condo and having to sell them. Now I'm going to change the use of that property if it becomes rent controlled. Um, in, in a couple different examples. In San Francisco, uh, pre-1995, all small multifamily properties were exempt from rent control. But since 1995, only buildings built after 1980 were exempt. Now, this made it an incentive for investors to convert apartments to condos or demolish the building and rebuild. Now, both instances, tenants lose because there's less inventory, meaning that 
the other places, there's more people going after less units because the place that they're just living in just got demolished. So you could put up these multi-million dollar condos. Now in Melbourne, Australia, uh, not a single housing unit was built following World War II for nine years because of rent control laws made it unprofitable. So you had investors that weren't going to develop. Why am I going to develop um, if it's not profitable? Why would we invest there? We're going to go somewhere else where capital uh, is less restricted. In the 1970s in Washington, D.C., uh, it saw its rental housing stock decline from 199,000 units to less than 176,000 units because fewer people were willing to rent their homes because of price controls. So um, this is something I saw a lot um, coming from central Connecticut. We had a lot of two and three family houses. And I remember... um, one, like the second house I bought, the the landlord next to it had a duplex, and he never rented the top floor. He had paid off his union. He didn't want to deal with any of the laws, and he was like, "No, my house is already paid off. I, you know, I just pay my taxes and insurance." That takes it because it's, that person doesn't want to deal with the Connecticut, uh, you know, Connecticut uh, residential uh, renting and apartment laws and everything like that. They're just going to leave it vacant. It's been vacant probably it was probably vacant for years and years beforehand, and it's probably still vacant today. Now, in Santa Monica, California, in 1979, the number of building permits plummeted by 90% from just a few years earlier, again, because rent control laws made it unprofitable to construct new housing. So it's really important that more housing supply will help communities plagued with high rents, not less inventory. But don't take my word for it. Research it online, and I highly suggest a book called Economics in One Lesson, and I'll put that link into the show notes. But um, I hope you enjoyed Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Please submit comments and potential show topics at globalinvestorspodcast.com. Look forward to two more episodes next week. See you then. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.